Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, Peter Gadd talks with Mary Brandenburg as they continue our series on mental health, What's on Your Mind? Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you for uh, tuning in or jumping in and watching uh, this part of our series. We're continuing our series on mental health. And this week, we get to hear from Mary Brandenburg. Is it Dr. Mary Brandenburg? Is that the no, correct term? No. Just Mary Brandenburg. Okay. Well, I, like... I am a master's level clinician. Master's level clinician. Okay. Well, it's certainly more educated than I am on the topic. So thank you for jumping on this call. For those of you that are just kind of jumping into this series, we had actually Mary a couple weeks back join a panel as we, as we kicked off the series, which was awesome. We had Mary and Sarah Hansen and Bart Campolo kick off just kind of a general discussion on mental health. Um, so that was awesome if you're if you're looking to catch up. Um, for today, we get to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive on a topic that we wanted to spend time on this week, the topic of depression. So um, obviously, we're going to go a number of different directions, but let's start with, I think, this topic, depression, Mary, and thank you for kind of sharing your expertise with us. As we're kind of starting, I know you kind of came prepped with some stats, uh, just to kind of about how depression has maybe um, become more commonplace, or we're seeing some statistics related to that. So why don't, we, why don't you start, and then we'll kind of see where we go. Okay, well, uh, uh, as Peter said, I'm Mary Brandenburg. I'm a licensed mental health counselor working at uh, Dayspring in Issaquah. However, really, I work from beautiful Mount Pleasant, Utah. Oh, yes. beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, yes. Love and it. Uh, I have a view of the mountains in front of me. And if I were to go to the other side of the house, I'd have a view of the other side of the valley. So oh, that's uh, wonderful. It, is, it is wonderful. And I uh, see clients in Washington and I do only mental health. Hmm. I make, you know, I majorly see uh, adults. I see both women and men, uh, once in a while couples. And, uh, and I have some, uh, some high school seniors, just, <laughs> just, just to keep me young and to keep me informed on, on the language. But um, I told awesome. Peter, yeah, I told Peter that I wanted to start talking about some statistics, specifically on depression. And uh, before COVID that hit, the, um, the overall prevalence rate in the United States pre-pandemic was 8.5%. Now, of that 8.5%, you can break that out into different categories. Uh, and the people who are most depressed um, or who report depression 
are between the ages of 18 and 25. Mm -hmm. But starting in uh, the early part of the pandemic in 2020, uh, those rates went up to 27.5%. And presently in 2022, I just you know, checked my statistics this morning, we're up to 32.8. So uh, we have definitely, you know, do I have my numbers right if I say we have quadrupled? Yeah. Yeah, four times eight is 32. Yes, okay, I've got it. Yeah, and, good job. Uh, yes, because at, at the, um, at, there was a point in 2021 where we had tripled right. the prevalence rate. So, um, were there so, changes related into ages, like from the most reported ages? Is it similar, still ages of eighteen twenty-five, or are we seeing changes there too? And maybe you don't know off the top of your head, but well, um, yeah, I, I can't give you the exact numbers, mm -hmm. but um, you know, adolescence, absolutely yeah. for sure, and um, and now we we are having, I th I think we're having more now of. Um, People, 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 whether they're moms or dads or, you know, uh, whatever, um, who are home all day with children. Yeah. And I think I think I saw that rate at, at about out of that whole 32.8 is mm -hmm. at, it's about a third of it. It's 31 point something percent. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So the. It, it, it has a, a definitely affected people. Uh, you know, we know, we hear on the news, uh, if we listen to news or read it, that yeah. you know, people are leaving their jobs, they're exploring their lives, looking for a lot of things and um, just mm -hmm. rethinking a lot of things. So um, you may be wondering, you know, what, what is uh, depression? Well, yeah. you know, diagnostically out of our, our wonderful manual here, yes, right. this is like you know, the, the book of uh, mental disorders. Yeah. Um, and that was actually yeah. referenced last time in, with Sarah too, because there's like yes. the clinical, and it's called the DSM-5. The DSM-5. And yes. five is just meaning the most, the most recent one. There was a DSM-4 and a DSM-3 and two, correct? Oh, yes. And, yeah. and after DSM-4, there was a... Uh, a DSM-4 TR, which was, you know, a revised okay. edition yep. and, and uh, you know, things that changed just on the DSM, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, uh, premenstrual dysmorphic disorder was under consideration, but was not a, di uh, a true diagnosis yet um, in the DSM-4 uh, TR. Uh, but now it's included in the depressive disorders in the DSM-5 because got they've got 20 years of research, right? you know, in the times between. Right. So, and the um, DSM stands for, you said diagnostic. I just want to make sure I understand the Diagnostic acronym. and Statistical Manual. Okay. And it's used uh, not only by uh, counselors and therapists, but it is from the American Psychiatric Association. Got it. So, you know, that's our, that's our 
big book for all you AAers out there or our yeah. Bible for people who used to read that or our, <laughs> you know, our Quran or, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. It's, okay. Well, so so depression is obviously defined in there. And there's probably a, a number of categories of depression within the DSM. There are, there are a number of categories. Uh, we have, um, you know, what people think of as, um, you know, the mood disorders, the, uh, we have major mood disorders, we have persistent, uh, low level, uh, what we used to call dysthymia, it's persistent depressive disorder. Um, in children, there is a diagnosis now that, uh, that was made to separate out calling, giving children too early of a diagnosis of bipolar mm -hmm. um, for, uh, I think it's a dysregulated affect disorder or something like that. It's where kids really act out. Mm. And um, you don't start seeing it so much until they're about um, six years old and mm. older. Yeah. Um, and uh, later on, most of those kids will go on to develop some kind of anxiety disorder oh, in their life. Yeah. So, mm. uh, yeah, so you've got the the major mood disorders and oh, so so when you define depression would you say depression is a category of disorders or would you say because there's probably like i would yeah. assume that people listening would say i've certainly felt down oh that's probably a, right i mean most everybody would say i've been in a i'm in a funk and that's obviously yes. different than maybe something that would be classified as a disorder correct at, right a clinical a clinical depression right um what, what makes the difference, Peter, is um, the depth, the length of time, uh, and the effect on one's life. Mm -hmm. So with my clients, um, uh, you know, I will, I will hold up my pen. And this is usually when I'm trying to show them the difference, like between bipolar disorders and, you know, where, where we can have mania where if the thickness of my, of my wonderful little big pen, pencil here, um, if, if that is the range of normal mm -hmm. ups and downs, yep. um, which everybody yeah. you know, who has a beating heart experiences, um, you know, bipolar can go all the way to manic, mm -hmm. or it can be at a lower level at hypomania. But, those kind of occurrences or events are always followed by depression. And that's mm -hmm. when we fall down here. Mm -hmm. And, um, but there's, there's is, as I said, um, a chronic kind of lower level depression. And that's where people live kind of down here. Mm -hmm. And that has to go on for uh, uh, at least two years for it to be diagnosable. Oh, and, really? And many people, once once these things are kind of broken out, parsed out for them, then they realize, oh my gosh, I've been dealing with this since I was in seventh grade. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, and um, so so there there are those things, and there are 
all kinds of uh, uh, anyone who has what we call uh, a major clinical depression, a major uh, uh, depressive episode, which mm -hmm. lasts for uh, two weeks. Most of the time they last longer, but, but for a minimum of, of two weeks, uh, we're, we're talking about serious functionality here. And yeah. uh, people, uh, they may be out eating, they're, de they're just wanting to stay in bed all day, they're oversleeping. Um, some people can have, uh, you know, terrible insomnia and just and just be up or have their uh, sleep broken all the time. There's um, not showering and yeah, uh, but 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 even even with all of that, because I have many clients who have had those those uh, depressive episodes. Most people still they function in life, Peter. So yeah. Um, so people are really surprised when uh, they talk to a mental health professional and find out that everything that they're describing falls into the category of depression. I mean, mm -hmm. we're sad and we grieve after after people die. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, if it gets really extended, then. You know, uh, you know, and goes on for years. Yeah. Not that there's ever uh, truly closure um, sure. uh, in grief, but uh, but there but there usually comes the time where people start to okay get on with life and memories Press become right. more yeah more pleasant than painful. Um, I'm curious maybe to pause on that kind of topic because you're you're kind of speaking to these depressive episodes and like based on your experience would you say like i'm kind of hearing you say maybe that sometimes people aren't even aware that they are experiencing depression um and then mm -hmm. maybe maybe they experience an episode of it being lower or worse and then they go see a professional and they're like oh could you highlight that example of like i've experienced some of these symptoms since seventh mm -hmm. grade so is, is depression an underdiagnosed like clinical depression an underdiagnosed thing or would you say Maybe we're getting better at communicating it. Cause I was even thinking about those COVID stats. Like I wonder how well, many people were experiencing some of those symptoms, but it but COVID heightened the, the yes, some of the negativity, yes. right? So yeah, yeah. It, it kind of, you know, the light was shining um, mm -hmm. uh, on on many aspects of their lives, but also um the disruptions yeah. that, uh, of of normalcy of being able to you know, get together with friends and go mm -hmm. have coffee or go to a happy hour or uh, yep. wine tasting or out to dinner. And, um, you know, just normal things that are good social outlets that help emotionally regulate us mm -hmm. as human beings. Um, and, uh, and yes, uh, you know, I mean, if people have a clinical episode somebody's going to notice because they're mm -hmm. really they're not getting out of bed they're yeah um uh they're really dragging dragging button their their performance is low mm -hmm. uh it, because it affects day-to-day -day functioning yeah. um but there's there are but um you asked a question before about depression and and this is really true about anything in mental health 
everything happens along a continuum, mm. you know? So when, you know, when we're down here, there's a, there's a whole range that is really normal, you know? Uh, my dog gets cancer and, I, and, and there's no, no saving him and I have to put him down. I cry, I'm sad yeah. and I'm totally. sad for a while. And um, that's, you know, that's normal. Um, yeah. And kids get depressed, um, but, but it is when it starts to affect our relationships and when we, um, uh, one of the things of depression, and it doesn't even have to be clinical depression, but I mean that, that mm -hmm. major down here yep. Yep. kind of episode is uh, we withdraw from social contact. So um, I kind of have a, a question in my mind. I know that there, um, there are depressions that are caused by medication. Um, I really experienced depression when I was going through uh, chemotherapy my first time. It didn't get me so bad you know, six years later when I had a different cancer and a whole different chemo, but I was prepared for it this time, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so there were, uh, steps that I was able to take, um, mm -hmm. to, to support myself and to ask for help. So, yeah. Hey everyone, it's Kristen. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're finding these messages helpful for you in your everyday life. Um, that's what we're trying to do here is gather around the idea that life is a gift and love is the point and let's give ourselves ways to move forward in that in our own everyday world. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of this community. To those of you who have participated and given financially, we wanna say thank you to you. Everything that we do here happens because people make contributions. People say, I value this place. I want it to exist for me and for other people. And so I'm going to support it. And so we just want to say how grateful we are um, that you do that. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to contribute yet, um, we would ask you to consider maybe doing so. If you find this place beneficial, if you find these messages helpful for you, then um, consider joining us in that way. You can go to eastlakecc.com to make a contribution. Um, and we just always are thankful for the people who want this place to exist. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the message. I'm curious um, when you think of, okay, well, are there other directions you want to go before I, I, I start no, asking no, no, questions? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Ask, ask questions. I'm curious when, um, as you're kind of, that's kind of a helpful start, I think, to just a general overview of, of depression. When we think of um, like contributing factors to depression, um, one of the things that I heard in our, in our previous discussion, um, Sarah brought up the, the idea of trait versus state. So um, mm -hmm. trait would mean like I'm an anxious person in our discussion last week. State, uh, state would be I'm experiencing an anxiety season or episode or like you said, my mm -hmm. dog has cancer. So I'm curious if that kind of applies to depression as well. Is that a general principle of mental yeah, health? Or yeah, 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 I, I, I definitely think that. Um, that that's applicable. And um, uh, uh, people always ask about causes. Yeah, and, that's what I'm curious about if you have yeah, strong opinions you on know, that. And, um, and the scientific answer is there are many, there are many causes. Yeah. And, and, it, and it was so much, and I, and I felt that 
this was um, an important aspect to discuss that I wrote, I wrote these things down. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, from, the, from these uh, different factors, we've got uh, some are biological, that there, there are differences in, in when they've looked at the PET scans of people uh, who are prone to depression. Mm -hmm. The architecture of their brain, the structure of their brain is just, it's just a little different. Yeah. You know? And um, uh, brain chemistry, I think, I think um, informed people today have heard a lot about neurotransmitters. And we know that among like antidepressants that there are um, uh, serotonin, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, the SSRIs, well, there's serotonin, norepinephrine, mm -hmm. there are things that really uh, constant, you know, there are meds that concentrate on the dopamine um, factors and, yeah. and, and they're all different. And because, yeah. because our brains are different, even when someone goes for medication, there are respond differently. They do respond differently. And um, you have to keep trying till you find the one that works. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and there are people who are just their, their depression is treatment resistant. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> uh, some is uh, probably just in my practice, and in, in my life experience, the people who I have most um, observed with treatment to uh, resistant depression um, are those who have depression from chronic pain. Mm. And because the pain just never let, you know, really lets up. And, uh, and people whose depression is from trauma. Mm. And uh, so, so, so there's that. And yep. then there's there's hormones. I mean, there's postpartum depression, which is different than baby blues. Baby blues mm. are actually um, a very normal physical reaction to uh, post-pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, women uh, after a miscarriage or after an abortion will experience um, that downstate because yep. the hormones of pregnancy are suddenly terminated, yep. either either by by a birth, by a miscarriage, by yep. yeah, by by an abortion, and so the body is readjusting, and it kind yep. of plays havoc on yeah. the uh, havoc on the brain and uh, and and the body. Yep. So, but there are people who. Um, experience uh, serious depression, um, who, who uh, sometimes it's their thyroid. Mm. And um, uh, for those of us who are old enough to have experienced perimenopause and reached the ultimate glorious state of menopause, uh, <laughs> which is much more peaceful than perimenopause, um, you know, there's, there's depression that, yeah. That, that's hormone induced there. Uh, there are inherited traits. There are genes. The more 
blood relatives you have um, who are depressed, then mm. you know the possibility exists for you. But mm. I think it's important to state that uh, genetics are not—they're not fate. They're not fatalistic. Mm. There, there is still, and I can't remember if we talked about this um, in the panel, but there, there is always the interaction mm. uh, between environment and nature. You know, yeah. the, that whole na nature nurture—it's both. Yeah, yeah, it's both. And so I'm assuming you would mean if somebody is like has a family history or lots of lots of you know, person experienced it and mm -hmm. they they see it in their maybe their their genes. You're saying there can still be a path towards um, a less depressive state. Like they yes. they shouldn't be oh. hopeless. I'm assuming you're saying there's plenty of treatments that are still available. Yes, yes, yeah. and you know, and and the the beauty of the neuroplasticity of our brains yeah. is. As I was uh, talking before about architecture, mm -hmm. um, that because of neuroplasticity, we can change the yeah. architecture of our brains. We can do it with medications. And Peter, we can do it with talk. Oh, with talking to friends. We can do it with self-affirmations um, mm -hmm. and, and positive self-talk. I mean, there are... There, there, there are a lot of ways to approach, you know, what's behind yeah. our thick skulls. I, I feel like that, that's fascinating. Obviously, I, I am personally just a fan. I think for my own life of like I have little like post-it notes mm -hmm. that are like affirmations, yeah. or um, on my notes I have little sentences that are like encouraging or motivating. Yeah, I, I've personally found those motivating. But to know that there's data related to that being helpful for our brains mm -hmm. and neuroplasticity and for, for maybe listeners who don't know what that means the way i understand neuroplasticity that simply means we can change our brain yes through habits basically through that's actions, right right an old dog can learn new tricks yeah that's yeah. that's really what it means and but it, it's not you know it's not simple there's right. no bibbity bobbity boo about it yeah it's not a switch either it's probably no, more of a discipline or a it's, habit yeah yeah none of the none, none of uh it's process mm -hmm. that brings progress and mm -hmm. um uh <clears throat> i i have an example in my own life of using affirmations um yeah and i had i had um uh some complicated serious multiple traumas and this is before they and they are they were all dealing with sexual abuse hmm. and uh this was back in the day before emdr and you know the wonderful trauma treatments that we have now yeah you, yep. you know, it was you know before bessel van der Kolk was publishing his research and yeah. uh, he was just doing it and uh i used to run the Sammamish Slough. Um, you know, I, I would come down the hill past the wineries in the morning, park my, my car, and get on um, and get on the trail running towards Redmond hmm. because uh, there were many more people walking the trails in the morning um, between Woodenville and the 
and the winery, yeah. you know, parking lot. <clears throat> well, I guess there's ball fields there too, but yeah. it's just such a an iconic place for for the wineries. And I would uh, I would run, and as I ran, I would shout out my affirmations and mm. just with every football kind of pound them in because that's what it takes you have to be intentional you have to be deliberate you have to be persistent what you said about habit it's repeat 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 yep. and i even talked to a woman this week who uh i've been seeing on and off since she was 14 years old and she's in her 30s now and working on a doctorate um she is a, an amazing, amazing woman. And it, for her, coming out of her, her last funk that I had seen her in mm -hmm. um, a, a, a couple of years ago, um, it was making a small change. She started, she was so depressed. She didn't want to get out of bed. And she start washing your face every day hmm. just just wash your face and now this this woman she uh she's a she's a medical health professional she has an intense job that yeah. um that she has been recognized for uh her focus mm -hmm. but boy I mean, she could go to work and she could function and she could save lives. But when she came home, she fell apart. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's what's deceiving for people about depression, that mm -hmm. they think, oh, I, 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 I do fine in my life. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah maybe not out, so much. Right. Yeah. On the outside or on the, the visible yes. side of their life, yes. for sure. Yeah, that mask that we wear in our right. in our per persona. So there are a couple of other. Uh, yeah, I, I think I already mentioned chronic pain that can be yeah. a cause, and another one that people um, are aware of, um, and yet uh, they do it anyhow, is the relationship between alcohol and depression, and. Mm. Um, Many alcoholics are depressed. Mm. And many people with depression are alcoholics. But in either category, not all. Mm. Alcoholism does not mean mm -hmm. you also, they, they're not always co-occurring. But, um, but they do both have to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And it's just ironic that here, uh, here we know that alcohol is a depressant, and yet uh, people will, even though they're depressed, will imbibe right. because there there is this little chemical lift, even yeah. if it's momentary. Right. When when you're when you're depressed, when you're really depressed, anything that brings you up here, right? Anything you will do, anything. For just a moment of relief. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's yeah. that's really helpful to kind of hear all those different causes. I'm curious, and, and obviously I know that maybe if we shift towards the most like maybe levels of treatment, mm -hmm. 
so uh, and I know that every like a, <clears throat> every class is going to have a different treatment. So I'm not expecting you to go right. through an exhaustive list. But right. in general, when someone comes to see you, where do you tend to start for for? And I know I'm, I'm saying like on the bell curve of the most common cases, not yeah. these extreme examples. But where yeah. do you tend to start with people? What what questions? Because I'm thinking of people that are listening who maybe are like, hey, I wonder if I am experiencing mm. depression. Um, and like, where are some places they could start? Obviously, I'm assuming you'd recommend they should go talk to one, a doctor from a physiological standpoint, yes. and also a, a, I mean, a mental health professional. Um, but yes. are, other, are other things on your mind? Um, you know, I, there certainly are. Um, I personally uh, always do a genogram. I never see anyone without doing a genogram, which is, it, it's kind of like a family tree except that it um, indicates, you know, like alcoholism and, uh, you know, like you have a whole line of people in IT and, and you have a whole bunch of people who are on the spectrum. Mm. Big surprise, you know, yeah. Yeah. They, this person is wondering, hmm, am I on, you know, right. am I like that? So with depression, um, when I see it, you know, I start asking, um a lot of history questions but also um very much at day springs were uh were, um, were were very interested in data and measures so um once i've talked to someone i'll send them some questionnaires that are that are going to break out if they lean more towards depression if they lean more toward anxiety um, which I have to say, those two things, it's almost like, uh, you know, body and soul. How do you separate them at times? Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, one tends to think anxiety, as Sarah may have said, more toward the future. And, um, and the de depression is more about the past and it could, mm. it could have regrets and, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of rumination about things that have happened and, mm -hmm. and uh, so um, I believe in narrative therapy. So that's about changing our stories mm -hmm. and looking at um, like, you know, people, people who are depressed right now in, um, in the workplace and, and everything, you know, now we're, that we're going into year three mm -hmm. of the pandemic, um, it, it, it'll be, you know, what gives you life? What sucks the life right out of you? I will ask those questions. I will have them make their lists. And um, uh, my mentor taught me that when, when I was a younger woman. And it, uh, that choose life list that's that's my go-to that is my absolute go-to for for people because i'm always encouraging people to choose life and when people are depressed uh i know this from having experienced real deep depression myself the sun is shining on your face yeah and you can't feel the warmth hmm. so um you know that's the deeper clinical depression but we have all kinds of shades of that yeah along the way 
And so I will get, you know, I, I will get people talking about their narrative and paying attention to their thoughts and, um, and asking them like, you know, the people who are depressed now, I, I think I went off from where I started there. Um, okay. That, um, you know, what, what is this teaching you? What is this showing you? You know, uh, I don't want to get, you know, tomatoes thrown at me for calling depression a gift, but sometimes there really are gifts mm. in, in some of these things, you know, like the gift of looking at our own mortality or um, looking at um, abuse. Mm in our in our relationships and whether it's a work relationship a friendship or yeah you know uh you know a significant other a marriage whatever and yeah. you know and then, what i'm hearing you say there isn't that obviously the, the experience of depression is always that or always a revealer but i'm hearing you say that sometimes depression maybe is a symptom of something that is work to be oh, done that will yeah. actually create like yeah. when you do that work, your life will have a lot more yeah. beauty and meaning. Um, yeah. Like, un, yeah. like, and the depression will lift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, symptomatic of something deeper. Yeah. And and yet there are people who, you know, their brains just are never going to change. Yeah. And yep. and so, um, they may have to be on something like an antidepressant, right, for the rest of, of their lives, and. Um, Another one of my mentors, uh, a brilliant psychiatrist who used to be a cardiologist and then decided, oh, I want to do something that really helps people. So he uh, got into psychiatry and um, Dr. Wills said uh, antidepressants for people who, you know, talk therapy and exercise and a lot of those things, it's, it's not quite enough. Boy, if they if they do the combination of the two, of the therapy and an antidepressant, then it it can really help them. What happens though, he said, is that once the antidepressant starts working and people uh -huh. start feeling better, they stop taking it. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's because people have not been educated to understand that unlike an anti-anxiety drug that only works while it, you know, for whatever its half-life is while it's in mm -hmm. your system, antidepressants can actually be reparative mm -hmm. and can teach the neurons how to fire and send signals differently, mm -hmm. but, the key is to be on it for a year and mm -hmm. then lean off. So oh, interesting. So, so everything's different. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I I have seen, you know, I of course, you know, people are gonna do what they do. And um, I have people who will go on an antidepressant, will start feeling better. And then, you know, at around three months, they're like, they're done Good. with it. Yeah. And then months later they start sliding down, like maybe, you know, maybe when the days start getting shorter and it's right. getting darker, you know, sad. Yeah. Uh, 
especially you know seattleites they're very yeah. familiar with that i know it's yeah. uh it's 10 a.m and i'm like is it almost sundown <laughs> it's pretty yes. dark honestly Se sad seasonal effective that's great mm -hmm. okay those are helpful i think things to kind of consider in terms of treatments maybe we can kind of wrap um, unless so how about this is there anything else you want to communicate about depression maybe from your notes i know you prepped and then i'll we'll oh, end okay. with the question yes yes i i do have some things um uh I want people to know that uh, depression does not always end in suicide. Hmm. And but the uh, suicide rates are highest in white males 85 and over, oh. and in adolescents between the ages of 15 and 24. So I, I want to I want to put a bug out there. If you've got a kid or a grandkid that's between 15 and 24 and they're talking depression, I have heard parents too many times say, oh, they're just using that to manipulate me. Well, yeah. I would I still wouldn't ignore it. Yeah. You know? And girls are four times more likely to attempt and 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 guys uh you guys you get things done men mm. men attempt it and complete it i mean mm. it's a done deal mm. so yeah so always always take those um kinds of things um seriously and yep. let's see uh really important to say is um uh, because I think people have some myths, some ideas about depression, and yep. is that depression does not discriminate. It doesn't mm. care if you're young, old, fat, skinny, you know, totally in shape. Uh, if you're mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you're white, if you're black, if you're multicolored, yeah. depression does not care, yeah. and. Um, Depression is a joy stealer. You know, yeah. we have a, a word for it, anhedonia, where you lose pleasure. You no longer take pleasure in things that normally gave you joy. Yeah. Um, oftentimes people see that, that uh, they lose interest in sex, you know, yeah. and, and wives get very concerned about their husbands when, you know, he was, <laughs> yeah. he, he was always, uh, you know, after her. And, and yeah. they just quit. They, yeah. you know, that's, you know, that can be a signal. Hey, something's happening. Let's catch it before it spirals down too far. Uh, yeah. In men, um, when they come and uh, they're not talking about being depressed, but why are they irritable? Hmm. They're just irritable and everybody around them knows it. For, if, when I, as soon as I hear that, I, the first thing I look at, send them, send them, send them, um, a test to see, you know, oh, to measure the depression. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because culturally, more, maybe a more acceptable uh, exactly. expression of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I and I think that's why is and in some cultures, it's just not anything mental health not allowed. So it's it's all somatic expression. Um, oftentimes in women, um, fibromyalgia is depression manifesting somatically in the body. So really? yes, yes, um, another psychiatrist I learned that from.
wow. uh, many years ago. So, wow. um, you know, it's not it's not up to it's not weakness of character that people right. get depressed. It's not they it's not uh, like they have a choice. There's no volition involved. Mm -hmm. And um, depression yeah. is complicated. It's exhausting. It's unpredictable. And um, and I had and I and the biggest thing I can say is ask for help. Yeah. Start somewhere, someone you trust, ask yeah. for help. Whether yeah. it's it's a, a a friend, a family member, um, a, a spiritual leader, some kind yeah. of you know faith person or or whatever. And and I want to say it's okay. It really is okay. I'm talking to you if you're depressed. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's not yeah. your fault. And there are things that can be done to pull you back. Yeah. So um, I love that. I think that's such a great yeah. message, Mary. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask a follow-up related to when you said weakness of character. There's no it's not a weakness of character and there's no, no volition involved. I'm assuming that's a probably a common maybe shame-based thing that many people carry, right? What yes. prevents them from going and asking for help yes. is if I just tried harder, yes. if I just worked harder, oh. I I can pull myself out of yes. my depression. I'm assuming that's, is that a common yes. thing you hear from yes. your clients? Um, and, you know, there even uh, uh, this beautiful black woman um, that I've had the privilege of knowing. Um, it's like, I, she's just like, Mary, I'm not allowed to be depressed. I'm a black woman. And mm. The myth is that black women are so strong and we can mm. handle everything. Mm. But, you know, uh, depression is, it's, it's kind of like the, the line um, in Braveheart when the king is dying and, and uh, you know, the upcoming queen comes and says to him, yeah, death comes to us all. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it can be the same with depression. At, yeah. At one time or another in, the, in our lifetime, we will we will experience. Maybe not all the way down here, yeah. but we will we will get here. Yeah, you know, ber bereavement can bring us to here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, any that's other great. I think maybe, yeah, I think we'll just wrap with this one for for maybe those of us that aren't personally experiencing um, any of the maybe symptoms of depression or experiencing feeling down currently mm -hmm. how would you encourage us to interact with people in our life who maybe are like how, what what what's like what's your coaching for friends and family members yeah. people who are experiencing yeah. depression um uh kind of kind of like it, it um for for people who know anything about um the old testament or uh jewish tradition that uh, when, when people die, the friends come and they, they sit with them, mm. they sit and, uh, it's not, it's, you don't need to be anything more than present. Mm. And I know as Americans being present <laughs> can be quite the challenge because we're all totally exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, always yeah, yeah. getting pinged yeah. and bugged yeah yeah but yeah 
that's the biggest thing and safe i'm assuming safe to be able to share right that's the type of people that yes i think we're trying to foster is that you can tell me yes something and i'm not going to judge you or shame yes. you for your honesty right and that, and that's the only way we can eliminate the stigma mm. either is just like just like uh uh people with homosexuality you know oh they 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 think oh you know plug oh you know there's a normal way well you know what when you love somebody that's a good friend or a family member who comes out to you as you know as being gay as being trans you know somewhere along you go oh wow maybe i should rethink this yeah. and i think as a culture we need to do the same thing with mental yeah. illness it's uh you know, education, education, yeah. and people sharing their stories, which, yeah. you know, we see that now more in the media, like athletes doing that. We saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We saw it quite recently. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that shared too. Your position, your, um, your, your perspective on a category of people always changes when you love somebody deeply who is in that category right so for somebody who is depressed when you love somebody deeply who's experiencing depression suddenly your your perspective your input your feedback is always yes. different when you truly yeah. really love somebody who's experiencing that yeah. so i think that's um a great note that you're highlighting yeah. that i think we yeah. should end on so thank yeah. that's that's beautiful thank you for today thank you for sharing your thoughts and your expertise all i mean if you think about your experience of investment and in mental health um this series is to try to hopefully give people the chance to benefit from all that experience and all your hard work in that field. Mm -hmm. So thank you for today. Thank you for uh, investing in our community. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, have a great day. You too, Peter. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.